Hi everyone and happy new year. I hope everyone is staying strong with the continued restrictions. Thank you so much for listening to the BHA podcast. It's Essie, your players rep here. And before I give the mic to Rambo, I wanted to give everyone a little message out there about the new BHA development Instagram page I've set up and why you should all follow and get involved. So the goal of the page is to share useful content for teams that provide help with not only hockey training and knowledge to help your own game, but also general running of your clubs. Now, for example, some content that you can expect to see is around topics like off-ice training, how to recruit new players or get sponsors, reinforcing safety, um, drills, and sharing just any beneficial education material from already existing platforms like the EIJ and the IIHF. Now, for anyone who's interested in improving their game and increasing hockey and general sport knowledge and just making the most out of your time at your BUIJ club, this page is definitely for you. Um, you can follow us at BUIJ Dev on Instagram, that is BUIJ Dev, and we'd really appreciate your support and getting involved with it. Now, that's all from me. Thank you, everyone, and back to you, Rambo. Oh, It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Oh, no, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to um, uh, part two of our special uh, podcast with Travis Ward. Um, I'm joined, as always, um, by Nick. How you doing, Nick? Hello. Yep, yeah, I'm very good, Rambo. Very good. Good, good. And uh, Travis, glad to have you back in. Uh, for everyone. Listen, we we're actually doing this right on the back of the uh, the football one. So uh, Travis is uh, hanging in well there after we've had him for fifty minutes. So I, I hope you're coping well, Travis. Yeah, doing well. But I, I do have a kind of a a question. Is this so? Is this technically my second podcast, or is this still just just the first one? This is absolutely your second podcast. Totally. Fantastic. So. Um, so you you're making you're making waves having your second podcast, and we're making waves because this is the first ever two parter we've recorded. So. Um, you know, every everyone here is winning. Uh, yeah. It's almost like we're the Charlie Sheen of podcasts right now. Um, <laughs> minus the tiger blood. Yeah, minus <laughs> the tiger blood. Um, so, Travis, um, we obviously heard a bit about before you came to the UK um, when we had part one of the podcast and we obviously chatted some stuff about the, the Super Bowl. Um, can you tell us about, you obviously came to the UK with your with your wife how did you get involved with ice hockey in the UK? Yeah, um, so I, I did follow um, ice hockey over here prior to my departure. So obviously, I was I was still in the states when um, Team GB was was working its way up the the IHF ladder on the men's side, and 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 then um, I came over just right after the the miracle in Kosici and. Um, so I, I kind of I'd followed the game over here. I, I knew it was growing. I knew that there was a passionate fan base over here. And, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to get involved um, from the jump. Um, but didn't really think much of it after I kind of relocated and 
Um, actually, I met um, Joy Johnston at a um, sports governance professionals um, conference, but it was this event um, held at Wembley, and I, I introduced myself because I'd, I'd seen, you know, the, the waves that she had, had been making for years and the referee inside and just wanted to, to meet someone in, in the sport and just see what ice hockey was was like over here and, and learn more about it. And, um, you know, we kind of kept in touch, but, but nothing nothing really for a couple months. And then it just kind of as luck would have it, there was an opening um, on the IHA board early in 2021. Um, and so I just applied for the position and, and luckily enough was was selected. So it was just kind of the right place at the right time. Cool, cool. And then if you, uh, I mean, if you've got any family or friends or anything that play hockey over here, that, that how, how did you have an interest before you arrived? Apart from GB, obviously, being on the telly, perhaps was it were you were you aware of like the Steelers and the Panthers and their rivalry and, and all that sort of thing? Yeah, I was I was a bit so um you know I I was kind of like in the last one where I talked about that that fascination I had with the NFL and it's you know its relationship in in the UK I, I kind of haven't had an equal fascination with ice hockey over here because it's you know the UK I mean it's not part of Europe I guess technically anymore but I would classify it as European hockey but it's the EIHL and and even the EIHA is is very much a North American style of of hockey just happening in you know 3000 miles away from North America um so I just w- was kind of fascinated with that and and the support that that um, you know, the various leagues had over here. Um, I'd seen quite a few actually pro- predominantly Steelers fans actually in the U.S. I was a, a season ticket holder for the New York Islanders during the Brooklyn years. Um, and so we used to go to, to all the home games. And I swear every single game I would see no less than like six people wearing Sheffield Steelers shirts. And it just I would every single game. I just thought, where are all these people coming from? Um but yeah, it was just, it was kind of a fascination. I did start to follow the sport a little bit over here. Um, admittedly, predominantly the IHL is the, the top league. Um, and so, so I did have that, that interest, you know, um, when I got over here um, and didn't really know much about the structure um, of the sport over here. I, I think I naively assumed that it was all run under one um, governing body like USA Hockey um is so to, to come over and then find out that there was really three separate governing body was, was was a bit of a um you know a shock or, or news to me um, um but, but yeah i think yeah, as soon as i got over you know I, I wanted to be involved in ice hockey i didn't know in, in what capacity i was you know, looking at potentially getting into coaching or, or something like that um and it was just you know again kind of an opportunity that 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 came up Okay, um, and um, obviously uh, Steelers fans in in New York, uh, Nick, um, they're getting everywhere. These these Steelers fans. I know it's uh, it's a cult following. Uh, they do get everywhere. Honestly, um, that's not um, that's not surprising. I don't even think I've told you this story, Rambo. But on my um, on my travels when I've been across to North America, I've been to a couple of games in Toronto. Um, what with my company be based there, and then. Um, we, uh, me and my boss actually ventured down and we went down to a Penguins game down in Pittsburgh because they're, uh, they're my team. And um, actually, on both occasions, so actually I've been to three three NHL games, two in Toronto and one in Pittsburgh. And on every single occasion, Rambo, I saw a Steelers jersey. That's, that's mental. Every single occasion. <laughs> that's mental. 
I mean, when I see uh, Steelers fans, I immediately think of the full Monty. I, d- I don't want them naked. I just want them to take their Steelers top <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you're, you're now, obviously, I think you were co-opted on to the committee at first, or, or to the, the board at first, Travis, and, and you were ratified at the most recent AGM. What, what sort of things have you been doing for the board? What's been your speciality, I guess, with, with the board um, since you've joined? Yeah, so I think it, it would come as no surprise, to, um, you know, for everyone to hear that the, the bulk of my, my first year was spent, you know, trying to get everything right for the unification vote, trying to make sure that all our ducks in a row, that we had the right governance structure, that we were working with the membership and the leaders across the membership and, and making sure that what we had was the best foot forward um, for the sport. Um, kind of aside from that, I, I did some work um, predominantly with the discipline policy um, and procedures. Um, those were in really desperate need of, of updating. And obviously, given my experience with the NFL, it was kind of, you know, the perfect fit. So I went went in and did a holistic review of, of that procedure, tried to bring everything kind of under one umbrella and um, worked with you know, the various people across the, the disciplinary side of, of the sport to try to get that up to, to snuff. Um, but those are those are really the two main areas that I focused on. And, and then, um, you know, especially with the governance review, and, and that's obviously still ongoing. Um, you know, that, that is such a massive undertaking that it's it's it does take up most of my time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think Nick and I want to go over the whole governance thing all over again. Uh, we released a podcast that was uh, entitled EIHA AGM Grr. Uh, which I think kind of tells you where we landed on the whole thing. Um, but one bright spot, I guess, Nick, we talked about this in the in the AG, yeah, about the AGM, um, certainly at the time, because we were both quite disappointed, was um, when you were given the chance to sort of have your five minutes, you seemed to touch on or at least have knowledge of all the different parts of the sport and how they fit together and can be used to develop the sport in the right way. Um, so was that something you'd researched before you, you gave your speech or was it something you were always kind of learning about throughout your, your time from July 2019? Yeah, it was just it was obviously something I picked up since joining the IHA. I think one of the the things I, I, I mean, I, I desperately wish that I had the opportunity to to see the, the full season. You know, I, I didn't really get things rolling into late February, early March. And then by that time, there was only about maybe two weeks left in the season before it was you know, prematurely ended. So um, yeah, I, I really wish I'd been able to see the product more, see what the various leagues, how they operate, meet more people around the league. I mean, I haven't really had a great opportunity to, to talk to a lot of the, the key stakeholders. Um, you know, we've, the few conversations I have had are either, you know, again, via Skype or Zoom or over the phone and, and having that, you know, missing out on that face-to-face communication and, sitting down with someone and, and, and figuring out, you know, what they think works in the sport and what doesn't work in the sport. Um, because I think, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I knew exactly, you know, how the BUIHA operates and I knew exactly how junior hockey operates. I don't um, because I haven't been, I haven't had that opportunity to, to see what it, what it is and, and to experience it. But, uh, you know, I have tried to educate myself ab- about how each product works. Um, and, you know, for me, it's, you know, I think there is a, a kind of a misconception that they can all kind of work in, in isolation. And that was one thing that I picked up on. And that's why I tried to present in my, my five minutes is that, 
you know, I understand that these individual parts, you know, are, are very important, and particularly for the people who are involved in it, the most important. But what we need to realize is that they all have to work together. The IHA is, is a sum of all of its parts. So if, if we've got one side that's really struggling, it's going to have a negative impact on the other sides, whether you think so or not. You know, and you're, and you're going to have some players and coaches and, and referees that, that go through every single level. Um, so you've got to make sure that you're doing um, you know, the best for the sport as a whole, because the sport is what's going to create success at each of those levels. It's not success at one of those levels that's going to make the sport better off. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, do you, I mean, I think we both kind of agreed with that, and that was one of the reasons that you said to me we should get Travis on the podcast. Um, is that right? Yeah, like, I, I think so. Going back to exactly what Travis has just said just then again, which basically is exactly what he said back at the AGM, it, it's, it's about having people who are uh, mature enough to kind of not just look at the individual component parts in silo and be worried about, I'm just worried about what, what's, what's right for me and my little Jimmy or whatever it might be, not realizing that little Jimmy is going to transcend through different elements of it in terms of uh, it's about people realizing that we are stronger as a whole and all the different component parts do inadvertently affect each other and, and we have to try and support each other and, and be better in what we're doing and, and rightly or wrongly so not to get back into it. It would have been so much easier and better to do as a, a single unified governing body. But yeah, I, I think so going back to what me and Rambo talked about at the time, um, Travis, you just spoke as someone who, who, who looked at the bigger picture and, and just saw the same things that we did and, and it was it's I, I don't believe it's necessarily rocket science what we're what we're looking at here or what we're talking about. It's it's just good good governance and good kind of management of how to develop a product and develop all areas together and it still irks me to this day that we never managed to get that through and, and never managed to be able to do what we wanted to do to move the sport forward because we're we're now just stuck in uh stuck in the same place that we've been for a number of years and it is and it is slightly disheartening and um, it's kind of strange that obviously we don't have hockey at the minute anyway due to the pandemic which to be honest actually is, is making things a little bit easier in terms of um, how fragmented some elements of the hockey is in the UK but it's uh, yeah it's pretty pretty crazy isn't it and like I'm sure you agree Rambo that um, yeah we, we were very much of the same mindset that hearing Travis speak and hearing you speak about it, we were like, that's a guy who, who gets it. That's a guy who, one of the guys who we want kind of moving this forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that we were both very impressed, Travis, not to just sort of blow smoke because you're on our podcast because, you know, it's easy to do that. But we were both impressed with what you had to say. Um, in terms of sort of, you know, working together, I mean, Nick and I have probably talked about this on occasion without actually seeing it directly but we we believe like sort of our section the uni section can be a bridge in some cases for maybe a player who's say going to be struggling at first to get on a fourth line of an nihl one or two team um or you know in the in the women's field because we are allowed to have you know imports without restriction we can maybe be challenges to some of the league teams who are maybe, you know, in their particular division are a bit more dominant or whatever. Do you, I mean, do you see university as a, as a potential bridge for 
sort of players in their development who maybe quite aren't quite there when they get to 18, 19, 20. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, like you said, there is that continuing development. You, you're going to have guys who or girls who, who maybe, you know, the game starts to click for them when they're 18 or, or they've, um, you know, they're more physically mature. So they're able to, you know, play a different style of game. And that's really the, the style that suits them best. But I think other than that, what, what I love about university hockey is that it allows someone to continue playing, whereas they may have not. And like you said, you know, if you have a, an individual who's coming out of juniors and maybe isn't quite there, isn't going to make an NIHL team um, just yet, or they're going to be on the last line and maybe they don't get a lot of ice time, you know, they might not be ready to go and play rec. They might say, you know what, it's just not worth it. I'm, I'm 18, 19. I want to, I don't want to, you know, stay up late playing rec hockey. I want to, you know, do, do something else. Um, that kind of allows them to continue that involvement. And, and, you know, now it, it you know, there's that identification where you're, you know, you're at this particular university, you know, you've got your school spirit, you're, you're playing ice hockey, you're meeting new people. Um, if you've got these imports, kind of to your point, who, who might be able to kind of allow that, that English born and bred player to take their game to the next level, because now they're playing with or against uh, players that they hadn't had a chance to, to play against in terms of skill level. So I think there's so many different opportunities um, that university ice hockey presents to players. I mean, you know, we could sit here and spend an hour talking about them. Um, and YouTube way more than me. I mean, you, you, know, you guys live and breathe it. Um, but there's, there's just so many benefits to it. Okay, cool. Um, I think what, one question I had, which is, is sort of the other end of the scale. I mean, university for people at 18, 19 allows our BIHA and Nick, Nick have no argument with this, I'm sure allows people to start the sport at 18, 19, which I would suspect that most of these people will not have any significant impact maybe in the higher levels, but how important is it to get those those sort of newer people into the sport, regardless of their age? It's absolutely critical, and I mean, if you if you don't come from a, you know, I, I've, in my time here, I've noticed that there are some hockey hotbeds, you know, you look at Sheffield, you look at Nottingham, you look at Cardiff, I mean, these are places where hockey is is more premier than a lot of other places around England or Wales and you know, rightfully so they have a longer history they have more successful elite teams so it makes sense but if you come from a place where maybe there is no local rink um you know you might not even know what ice hockey is now you're at the University of Sheffield and um you know th- there's a, there's an ice rink down the street it's it's a bigger thing you start to get interested in it you're exposed to it for the first time and you don't know what that person might you know do later on in the sport um if he's listening i hope i hope i'm telling the story right but i'm pretty sure andrew miller told me that he didn't get into ice hockey until he enrolled at uni um and so that was his first real exposure to it and now look at him and he's a director on the iha board he works really closely with the the nihl he, he's doing he's single-handedly um you know really managing our return to play um, he's going out there and getting funding for the organization and for the sport. I mean, he, the, the stuff that he's doing is, um, I mean, world class. And had he not had the opportunity, had he not been exposed to ice hockey at university, you know, where would the sport be? Um, so it, it's, it's absolutely critical. Yeah. Um, and he manages to do it all whilst looking a bit like Lord Voldemort, which I always think is uh, <laughs> good for him. Uh, and <laughs> so, um, Obviously, uh, the the unification vote didn't go through, which I, I know was sort of a 
not what the board wanted necessarily from from what you know the literature they were putting out but and i'm i'm not trying to you know have you exposed anything that you shouldn't be exposing here but where do we sort of go from here now in terms of working with the other governing bodies as the iha yeah i mean it's definitely an uphill battle um like you said we would have obviously preferred for the vote to go through but we you know we can't look back we have to continue moving forward so you know, right now we're trying to build those relationships. We're going to get some SLAs in place with, um, you know, with um, Scottish Ice Hockey and, and um, Ice Hockey UK, um, which is what we said we would have to do if, if the voting get through. So it's it's kind of regrouping and, and, you know, figuring out how can we turn this unified model into a England and Wales only model? And how do we work with the other governing bodies in our sport? you know, to make sure that we're doing the best for the sport and for our um, organization and all the members that we have. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, that, that's good to hear that there's still some some olive branches being extended in that front and hopefully that can move things forward because, there, you know, for someone who's been in ice hockey since he was five and is now 35, um, I, can, I can tell you that hockey for the small sport that it is, and there's a lot of family in hockey, but it's been kind of a bit of a political battlefield for too long. So I'm hoping that we can get something sorted. But um, And it sounds like you're on the right track, certainly, to try and to resolve some of those issues. Um, so um, I, I think, I don't know if there's much more we can touch on the, the IG. Is there anything I've missed, Travis, or, or Nick's missed that we should, be, we should have brought up? Um, no, um, I think, I mean, I think we, we kind of covered it, but, uh, you know, I, I, again, just to thank you both for having me on and, um, you know, hopefully this will get to, to some listeners and some members who maybe don't know who I am. Cause I think I'm still relatively unknown. Um, you know, obviously with the pandemic, like I said before, it's kind of hard to, to, to meet people, um, obviously face to face is impossible. And, um, you know, so hopefully I've, um, you know, introduce myself a little bit better to some people, but, you know, obviously if anyone has any specific questions for me or, or, or anything like that, please don't hesitate to, to reach out. I'm, I'm very approachable and, and happy to, to speak to anyone, whether it's a question about my background or the sport of ice hockey, or if you have any concerns that you want me, you know, just to vent to me or, or, or you know, work with me through, then, then I'll always happy to listen. That's great stuff. Uh, we're not quite finished yet because we like to have a little bit of a little bit more relaxed talk but um so the first thing is nick nick sent me a text um when you were first introducing yourself travis and um his question was if the bih committee has a team would you be our goalie um well i'll have to go i'll have to get approval from from um my wife because um i've had <laughs> i've had quite a few um concussions um in the past um, and she's she's very reluctant to allow me to go back in goal because um, for for some reason um, I, I like to stop the puck with my face first and I don't know why <laughs> but it just seems that it's like I've got a magnet on my mask but um, we'll see. <laughs> and um, one thing we were chatting about just before you came on the podcast now to to, to full disclosure I'm a Sabres fan so I have really nothing to shout about. Uh, Nick's a Penguins fan, so he used to have things to shout about. What um, what's your NHL allegiance? Do you do you follow a team in the NHL? Yeah, I'm a a, a very committed, unfortunately, um, given the the start to the season, but very committed New York Islanders fan. 
Um, so as I mentioned, you know, my wife and I had season tickets for the Brooklyn years because we lived in Queens. So it wasn't it wasn't that far as a bit of a trek to the Coliseum. But um, yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm an Islanders fan. Well, it's funny. Um, Nick and I done a, a pod just between Christmas and the year where we were predicting things for the NHL. And I had the what was it Edmonton and the Islanders uh, as the Stanley Cup final. And right now, um, neither of them, I think, are in playoff position. <laughs> so I think I've jinxed. Them. No, I think well, what we're doing is this is why I like to think is that we're 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 saving it. We're going to we're going to because if you look at the last couple of years, most of the teams that kind of go into the playoffs hot do very well. So I'm, I'm hoping that we're just really setting ourselves up. Uh, you know, we're digging ourselves a massive hole just so we can skyrocket out of there and then go into the playoffs and just start sweeping some series. Cool. Cool. Um, and then uh, final one, because it's good to have a wee update since we're we're locked down again. And Boris has sort of said we might not be doing very much for a while. Uh, any any Netflix recommendations from from either of you? Nick, I'll go to you first because you're not spoken to me well. Uh, any Netflix or a uh, or other content uh, recommendations for people? Oh geez, um, I think since we last discussed this, Rambo, I, I don't even think we've watched anything different to before. So I think I'm gonna have to, I think I'm gonna have to turn that one down. I can't, I can't think of any anything <laughs> we've watched in the last couple of weeks that that's been worth noting anyway. Um, so. I think we'll turn, we'll turn this one over to Travis, see whether he's got a... I'm got a, probably the worst person to ask this question to because I'm very boring when it comes to to Netflix or, or Prime. Um, I, I tend to just, you know, watch the same shows over and over again, just mindlessly. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone through the full series of The Office. Um, it's just, you know, I finish it and then I'm like, you know what, I feel like going back to season one. Um, so not not really the best i tend to watch things you know like a year after they've come out um because uh, i i just don't when someone tells me to watch a series i'm just like oh and i need at least five more people to tell me it's worth it before i commit because once i start i have to finish i can't just watch a few episodes and, and give it a try um but i will say I've, i watched um a series on prime hunters um i just watched that last week and um i'm a big Big history fan, um, so that was kind of. Although it's it's fiction, um, there are some true components of it. So I was um, really interested in that series. Um, and then um, I'm a big Marvel and Star Wars fan, so uh, obviously was watching The Mandalorian and watching now I'm watching WandaVision, which is fantastic. So anything that comes out Star Wars or Marvel, um, I'm on it on Disney Plus, and I'm I'm keeping up with it. Um, cool. Uh... Um, I was kind of like uh, what you're saying with The Office with Suits, um, which as a lawyer is worth the watch. Um, I mean, it's probably nothing like being a lawyer for either of us, but, you know, it's good fun. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll be checking out Disney Plus soon again, so I think I'll get into The Mandalorian properly. But um, is everyone excited for the new Mighty Ducks uh, series that's coming out? Travis, you, you have you seen any any of the, the trailers for that? I have, yes. I'm I'm extremely excited because that was Mighty Ducks um, was my go-to as a kid um, <clears throat> and as an adult, to be fair. Um, so it's I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm really glad to see that Emilio Estevez is coming back um, as Coach Bombay. So um, look to see what this new uh, generation of ducks are capable of. 
<laughs> uh, Nick, what 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 are you uh, what are you thinking about that? It's Lindsay suggested that you and I should do a weekly pod reviewing each episode, but I'm not I'm not sure that we would be able to do that. But what what are you? No, thinking no, about? no. I I no. That's the best idea we've had. Yeah, that <laughs> needs to happen. We'll do we'll do our own little mini series on it. I know uh, I know there's plenty of people who. Uh, there's a couple of social media people who I follow who do kind of their own episodes after the Mandalorian and things like that. So I think, yeah, after the Mighty Ducks, we go. We can invite on different university personalities, and they can uh, we can get their takes as well. I think that's uh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Excellent. Um. Anyway, uh, Travis, I appreciate taking up most of your morning. Um. And if we're going to take up all this time, we're definitely going to have less chance of getting your wife's permission to have you as our goalie. Um. So. <laughs> uh. So um. I'll let, I'll, let you get going in a minute but um just before we do we we ask all our guests if they would like to give a shout out to anyone in particular i appreciate you kind of shouted out to everyone in the iha already but is there any specific people you want to say hello to and then it's good because then you can blackmail them into listening <laughs> no i think you know obviously you know um i i have to single them out andrew miller and joy johnston the the amount of work they put in um, in 2020 and, and before, obviously, um, around, you know, ice hockey in general, but particularly the governance review and the return to play and all of those elements. I mean, those two are um, absolutely world class professionals and, and the, the amount of sacrifices that they make for this this game is is unheard of. And, and I, I look up to those two very much. Very much a hear here um, from me. Yeah, hear uh, here. Yeah. Um, so um, all, all that's left to do, Travis, in, the, in your second podcast in as many as many hours, um, is to uh, thank you very much for giving up your time to be part of this. Um, I appreciate you've probably got a lot a lot of stuff on um, at the moment, um, and um, and thank you very much for your time. And uh, see, it's a goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye for me. <laughs>